Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to a brand new episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. The shutdown is over, my Woo-hoo! friend. It's the government is open. Yes. What a painful episode in our, well, I was going to say a year, but our history. The, yes. The, the, the longest shutdown in the government's history has come to an end, but the pain has not. Well, and that's the thing that I wanted to talk about to start out this episode, is your sense of what the long-term implications are for the business of government as a result of it being closed, about 25% of the agencies being closed for 30, I lost track, 36, 5, something like that. 35 days. days. Um, it, it's, as we've talked about on this program before, it's not just a matter of turning the lights back on and everybody goes back to business. There are residual effects that will be felt here, I think, for a long time. I agree. It took a long time to get people back to work. Some contractors still aren't back to work. Most are. It's important to remember that the paychecks that folks missed haven't been deposited yet, so that's still to come. Our friend Jason Miller wrote a story during this period between the government opening and today. There have been seven to eight times more procurements than in that same period in 1718. So you can see this rush, uh, people trying to get stuff out the door they ordinarily would have done during that period. And mm-hmm. that was that's usually a very busy procurement period. Yeah. But there are any manner of decisions. We've talked about the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. I don't know if you recall, I was a member of the commission. Yes. Okay. I've heard so many times. That's just one I've example heard. of legislation that will require policy, but that will be delayed because the government was closed down during which time that could have been prepared. That's mm-hmm. a very small example, but there have got to be thousands of things like that. How many times a day do you think you reference the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking and tell folks, you know, I was a commissioner on that? Are you talking about at home or in the personal, uh, professional setting? Yes. Never mind. All right. You know, today uh, is a very important day. It's the statutory date on which the president is obligated to send Congress his budget. We're recording this on Monday, the 4th of February, and this is deadline day. And I'm, I think we're all shocked that— Shocked, I tell you. There's gambling going on. In this on. establishment. Yeah, well, it didn't happen. No, nope, it didn't happen. It looks like it's going to slide. It's going to slide. Don't know when it'll be, but it's an important milestone in our policymaking process that once again will be skipped, another consequence of the shutdown. Well, I've been covering this stuff for a long time, as you know. Um, I didn't know that as much of OMB was furloughed as was furloughed during oh, yeah. the shutdown. Mo- um, a ton uh, of people weren't there. A ton of people, most of them. Um, yep. Uh, couldn't go to lunch. Couldn't they couldn't they couldn't answer basic questions. Um, and if they did give you an answer, they said this is not an accepted activity, and right. so therefore I'm going to give you a truncated answer and mm-hmm. hope to talk to you when the doors open again. Yeah. So, what impact do you think that had on the budget process? And what do you think the what part of it do you think was just a delay in the cycle because of some of the changes that were going on. The Defense Department budget, for example, the president had given, I think, at least three different top lines that the department was supposed to mark to, and maybe a fourth. We don't know yet. 
how much of it was that kind of stuff and how much of it you think was because of the shutdown? That's what happens in the period between Thanksgiving and the first Monday in February. Uh Agencies, OMB, the administration are negotiating what not only their top line but individual uh, budget amounts and policy decisions will be in their budgets. All that decision-making came to a screeching halt uh, on the 21st of December. You've got to re, uh, um, renew those discussions in order to get the budget together. And then there's the writing of the document and the documents, not just the president's budget, but all the agency budget justifications themselves. And then the choreographing of the release of the president's budget and each agency budgets to Congress. And then all those hearings, everything is pushed to the right. So tell me, I want to talk about the budget for a minute, because as you said, it's not out yet, but we should see it sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks. Every year when the budget request comes out from the White House, I'm not quite sure as an outsider how to play it, how to cover it, because it's going to be dramatically different by the time the president signs something than it is when it's released. And I wonder what's the right level not of coverage, but are you asking me for job advice? How to how to do your job? I'm asking you how much emphasis I'm sitting up in my chair here. I'm asking you how much emphasis people this was a really bad idea on my <laughs> part, I think. By, by the expression on your face. Warning, ladies and gentlemen, this will be a long episode. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering how much emphasis people should put on it when it's going to go through the grinder on Capitol Hill and could wind up looking completely different, diff- numbers, different top lines, lots of different stuff happening underneath the top lines. And people go hog wild when the budget request comes. Well, the budget says this. The budget says, no, it doesn't say anything. The budget request says all of these things. The budget is more than just the numbers but remember the president gets the opening bid he's got an incredible um authority in the statutory obligation to to propose what the starting point of the negotiations are but there are thousands and thousands of other policy decisions embedded in the document as you know a lot of what will make up the next year's president's management agenda priorities will be in that as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, last time the president submitted a budget, there was a proposal for massive across-the-board cuts in programs that were so realistic. Debt on arrival was unusually certain. But many of the things that did get proposed will end up in the budget, and a lot of what was forecast in the president's management agenda are things we've been talking about on the podcast throughout the year. One of the reasons that I wonder about that, though, is you said the president gets the first bid. And one of the old sayings about negotiations that I remember reading, and I don't remember where it was now, but the, fir- the first person to name a price loses <laughs> because they've set both the floor and the ceiling. You know, they've, they've set a range now by which you don't go far below or far above. And so I wonder if that's necessarily a great thing it's the way it's done it's the law and i get you know congress power of the purse and all that stuff but the point is how much stock we should be putting into what's in the budget request and where we should be putting that stock i guess is the, the broad theme that i'm trying to get at so the the opposite end of that process is the president's 
obligation to sign or veto what is eventually put on his desk. We've seen that play out in a way that didn't really emphasize the strength of the president's hand because he he ended up having to sign at least a temporary spending bill that didn't get him what he wanted. But generally speaking, if the president threatens to veto an appropriations bill, there's got to be some meeting in the middle between what the Congress wants and the president proposes. All right. Uh, what else should we be watching in the next couple of weeks? What else is on our radar screen? Well, the should budget's we? coming out. The yep. State of the Union will be um, – I don't know whether the substance or the drama of that is something that we ought to be looking forward to. But The residual, you know, the after That's glow. right. Much like the budget, many things are proposed in the State of the Union. So it'll be interesting to see what's proposed there. That's all I got. I've already gotten myself in enough trouble on this podcast. Well, there's plenty of drama going on, plenty of stuff we can talk about another time and on subsequent FedHeads. It's great to see you as always, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grand Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.